Um, okay, so here we go. We're gonna we're gonna jump into Luke. Luke is the book that we're studying here, and um, um, uh, as always, when we first open up uh, the book, we kind of do some um discussion of the book and discussion of um you know just from a historical standpoint and things like that, just to kind of get an understanding of what's going on. Um, and then we jump into the book. We go verse by verse. Uh, and so 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 Luke, here's the thing about the Gospel of Luke, and and so you know you've got the four Gospels to open up the New Testament, right? And Gospel just means good news, right? And so all four Gospels are about Jesus, right? Now here's what's interesting about Luke. Now Luke is not a Jew. Luke's a Gentile, okay? Luke is is Greek. Uh, he's from Antioch. Um, he was a doctor. You know, he was a doctor by trade, and he's not a Jew. He's a Gentile. He is the only Gentile writer in the Bible. That everybody else who wrote a book, everybody else who, who who penned something that's inside of this book, they were all Jews, except for Luke. Luke's the only Gentile to write a book in the Bible. So if there's ever a question on Jeopardy, you know, authors of the Bible for 800. And then they say, you know, this author was the only one of in the Bible who was a Gentile to write in it. And then you would, Sister Karen would do her buzzer. Sister Karen would say, Paul. She would get it wrong because she's not listening right now. And then Micah would buzz in and then Micah would say, uh, he, Micah would say, uh, who is Luke? And then she would get it correct. She'd get 800 points and then she'd get to choose the next category. So he's the only, he's the, he's the only, um, uh, Gentile writer, uh, in the Bible, which, which, which somewhat, and, and, and you'll see it as we read through it, which somewhat makes it any, almost like an evangelistic book too, because it, and we'll talk about, uh, how it's written and who it's written to, um, in a second. And so you can almost kind of see sort of evangelistic properties in it. Um, and, and even in, in, in his purpose and how he wrote it and, 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 uh, his mindset going into it. Cause he shares a lot of that in the book. Uh, now, um, don't forget when we talked about Paul, we talked about how Paul's ministry was to the Gentiles, right? Luke was referenced by, um, Paul. If you go to Colossians four, verse 14, if you go to Colossians four, verse 14, Paul actually mentions Luke in that book. He's talking to someone else and he says, Luke, the beloved physician and Demas greets you. And so he, so, and, 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 and so Luke, friend of Paul, close friend of Paul. And so you, you can find Paul's reference and don't forget Paul's ministry. We saw this in Galatians um, um, and, and in other books to the Gentiles. Even Paul says his ministry is to the Gentiles. And so it wouldn't be so odd um, that Luke would, um, would, would, would clearly be uh, close um, uh, to Paul. And so he wrote this book, uh, Luke, Luke wrote the book of Luke, and it's believed that Luke uh, actually wrote Acts as well. Uh, and and by and by, by believed, I mean like probably ninety five to ninety eight percent, and I'll show you why. Because it is possible that sometimes someone's assistant or something, may, or someone's companion, travel companion, wrote the books for them. But for the most part, whether it was directly penned by Luke or uh, penned by someone close to him who was with him. Um, he gets credit for both of these books. Now, the reason why we believe Luke actually did it himself is because of what he shares in verse one of chapter one. And we'll get, and we'll get into that. So he wrote, he, so Luke wrote Luke and Luke wrote acts, similar styles, very detailed. And we're going to see this right out the break in the first chapter, first two chapters or so of Luke, very detailed. And if you ever read acts all the way through, Sometimes it seems like there are unnecessary things detailed in there. And so and so that were gathered at this house and then they did it at this. Then they went over here. Well, and then the apostles did this and then this person. Now this person is that. I mean, just really, really detailed. And so, and, and so, um, uh, 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 
And so you, you can see kind of the similar styles there uh, when they wrote it. Now, not only do we know Paul wrote it, be- I, I, I'm sorry, Luke wrote it because of the similar styles. Uh, you know, Luke wrote it because it is actually written to the exact same person. So while when you read Paul, for the most part, Paul's letters, it's to like uh, the church at, you know, uh, 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 Colossae, like for Colossians or the church in, in Corinth for Corinthians. And so it's for that church. But Luke wrote this gospel, wrote the gospel of Luke and, and, and even acts for the same person. This one person named uh, Theophilus or Thelopius or however you want to say it, likely a Gentile as well. Okay. Watch this. We're going to, I'm going to go to Luke one, one through four. And then I'm going to read Acts, um, uh, Acts 1, 1. So watch this. Paul says in, in, in Luke 1, I'm sorry, Paul, I keep saying Paul because uh, Luke says, many people have set out to write accounts about the events that have been fulfilled among us. They used eyewitness reports circulating among from the early disciples. Having fully, uh, having carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I have also decided to write a careful account. This goes into the detail. A careful account for you, most honorable Theophilus. And so he wrote it for him. Right. And then he says, why? He says, uh, so you can be certain of the truth, uh, truth of everything that you were taught. Now, let's go to Acts. OK, watch this. Uh, Acts is right after John. Acts chapter one. Establishing again, establishing Luke um, uh, uh, as the author. Watch this. Uh, it, verse verse one of chapter one of Acts, he says, in my first book, I told you, Theophilus. So, so, so now he's saying he's referencing Luke here in Acts. This is Luke who wrote Acts, and he is referencing Luke saying in the first book. So Acts is almost like Luke part two, you know, um, the second part of, of the book. So, so, and, and here's what Luke does. In Luke, Luke is carefully, like I said, carefully uh, uh, detailing the works of Jesus, right? And then in Acts, he's carefully detailing the works of the disciples, Right. And you and, and and so you see that in the same in the same way. And so he says, "I told you in the first book, uh, uh, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit." And then he goes through, uh, and that and, and that's when he starts going through Acts as, as far as what the um, um, uh, uh, apostles, disciples, uh, to start uh, started to do. Now, um, just so you guys can appear to be real cool at the water cooler or, the, or at the Keurig machine at work. Um, you, we can give you some dates here. Uh, some some say uh, that it was written in the early uh, 60s AD. Um, other scholars say between 75 and 85 AD. Um, the so, but the the thing is, is that Acts kind of Acts ends uh, at uh, 63 AD. Uh, and so, if that's the second book, then you would assume that the first book ended before then. And so, 60 AD, 61, 62 um, AD. That's kind of agreed upon by most of the scholars. I mean, I read, you know, read a few commentaries and and, and, and pick out some of these dates. Um, now, it is possible, though, that years and years afterwards, these were written. And so it's not that's not even the, the, the correct date. Um, but again, that's not necessarily important. It just makes you look like you're smart at the, you know, at the water cooler or at Bible at, at you know, your small groups or your neighborhood Bible studies or whatever, you know, you guys do when we're not doing stuff here. Um a couple of other important things too um, about 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 Luke. Um, so um, we'll see this when we read it, and, and and I'll try to point it out. But remember, he is a Gentile. He grew up in Antioch, so for, so likely Greek. You know what I mean? 
Um, and, and some scholars, and I never thought about this, and so I'm interested to start reading it to see where I can pick it out, say that they see some sort of, uh, you know, Greek mythology influence in, in how he wrote the book, you know what I mean, in, in referencing Jesus. Don't forget the Greeks, um, hundreds of years before Jesus, had their Greek, you know, uh, uh, mythology, mythological heroes. Um, like you, and you think about it, a lot of them, um, you know, were, were what they would call demigods, right? Where, um, you know, they were, they were human and divine, right? And so you could almost see the appeal of Luke, a Greek, who was a doctor. Luke was an educated person, so he probably was educated in, 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 in those kind of Greek mythological classics and stuff like that. You know, we learned him in school, so there's no reason to think Luke might not have learned him, you know, growing up. And, and so you can almost kind of see, so you can see where that influence might uh, be with him um, in, in, in the writing. And so don't forget about their obsessions, you know, with that and those type of characters, human and divine, supernatural, uh, but very much so human um, in, in, in their care for humanity and defending humanity against, you know, evils and things like that. Um, and so we see an emphasis on, on the sympathy and compassion of Jesus. Uh, we see the salvation for Gentiles uh, here. And, and, and um, you know, some, some uh, uh, scholars that I read call Luke the, um, like the first biblical historian or the first church historian because he is kind of specific as far as with times and dates and, thing, and things like that. But, and we're going to get into it, he says, I'm, I'm writing a careful account of everything, you know, so that uh, you know that the things that you were taught are true. All right. So I'm reading from the NLT. Uh, let's jump in and we'll see how we'll see how far we get tonight. Um, I am. Y'all know me. I'm confident that we'll get through the first chapter, but you never know. Um, let's see. <clears throat> chapter one, verse one. Many people have set out to write accounts of the events that have been fulfilled among us. Not to stop at the first verse, but let me stop there. It, it is interesting that he says many people have set out to write accounts of the events that have been fulfilled among us. There's a whole movement to try to discredit the Bible because there are books that were written and accounts that were written that were not included in the canon that we have today, in the book of books, right? The Bible is a book of books. Um, uh, and, and so, the, well, have you ever heard of the gospel of this? Have you ever heard about First and Second Maccabees? Well, have you ever heard about this? Have you ever heard? It's interesting that Luke says there have been many accounts. In the Bible of the gospel, of the story of Jesus, there's only four accounts that have been included in here, right? But, uh, and then, you, of course, you got Paul's work and stuff like that. But Luke says there have been many attempts to write about this, okay? And so even this book, inside of the book, says that there are more accounts. Does it mean that, that, Luke, that, that there are some accounts that have been written that aren't included in this? Absolutely. But does that mean that things that are written in here are not true? Absolutely not. It, listen, if, if we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, if all we had was Matthew, Mark, and we didn't have Luke and John, that doesn't make anything in Matthew and Mark less true. It just means we don't have Luke and John. And so, and so again, attempts to discredit Christianity and discredit our faith runs deep. And it's just interesting to me that here, Luke says many people, he didn't just say, Hey, there are three other guys who wrote gospels and I'm the, you know, I'm the, I'm the fourth. No, no. He says many people. Cause think about it. If, 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 if you witness someone like Jesus on earth, right, and you witness all this stuff, who wouldn't take into account? As much as we all love to journal now and write things down, if Jesus walked, if he came present day and walked among us, how many of us would have accounts that would talk about what we saw and what we witnessed and what we experienced? We would all write something down or chronicle it somehow. And just because 
thousands of years later, um, uh, crystals might be included. Uh, you got to include Mike because he's wise. And then Yenis, she's smart. And so you, so you include those three, right? But they won't include crystals or parents or vows. Doesn't mean that it didn't happen or doesn't mean that, well, that's not true because it didn't include everybody's. Well, I mean, you're not going to include everything. And so, um, and so, yeah. So anyway, let's keep going. Cause I can do this kind of stuff all night. I don't want to say. So anyway, he says, many people have set out to write accounts of the events that have been fulfilled among us. They used the eyewitness reports circulating among us from the early disciples, uh, having carefully investigated everything from the beginning. So you see what he's talking about, having carefully uh, investigated everything from the beginning. I have also decided to, to write a, what a careful account. I'm reading from the NLT for you, most honorable uh, uh, Theophilus. He says, so that you can be certain of the truth of everything you were taught. Right. And so we saw how we also referenced him in acts. I see you, Ma. Uh, verse five. Now he's starting from, he says, I'm, here's, a, uh, here's a careful account of everything. He says, when Herod, the king of Judea, uh, 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 there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah. He says his wife was Elizabeth, also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all the Lord's commandments and regulations. Verse 7, they had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they both were very old. Now, again, and so it, I ne- until we started reading verse by verse, I never really realized how many uh, women in the Bible were unable to conceive. And there are all these stories of being barren, not being able to conceive, and then God blessing, uh, you know, down the line, and then they're able to uh, uh, give birth. I'll, I'll, I'll preach about that one day, but not tonight. Um, but, 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 but that's so interesting to me, right? How, how I never saw so many of these stories. I mean, even when you look through the life of, um, you know, Jacob, you know, and, and, and his whole, you know, drama filled situation with the multiple, but anyway, so you had, you had that, you got Abraham, and you, know, you got this, you got the situation here. So anyway, um, uh, one day, verse eight, Zechariah was serving God in the temple for his order was on duty that week. He was where in the temple doing what he was. So he was where he was supposed to be doing what he was supposed to be doing. Uh Oh, I'm not preaching yet. I'm going to keep reading the Bible. Let's preach it on Wednesday. We're going to read the Bible. And it's a, let me, someone just mark those two things. So I got to come back and preach about those at some point. Uh, verse nine. As as was the custom of the priest, he uh, he was chosen by the lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. While the incense was incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the uh, incense altar. Now, now again, someone say, "Well, was Luke in there with him? How do you know all this was happening?" Don't forget, he said, I did my own investigation. The same way we read stories now, you know, whether you read in the newspaper like people used to do or you read online or whatever, people go to sources, they ask these questions, they get the information, and now he's writing this account, right? But we see how careful this account is. When you look at the, we we talked about the book of John, we did John. John starts from where? In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word. And so John starts from in the beginning, John and Genesis, the only books that starts beginning, right? And then Matthew starts with an account of like the genealogy that leads up to Jesus. And then he jumps in. Right. And then Mark does a little bit with John the Baptist and he jumps into Jesus. He is going all the way back before John the Baptist was born. Okay. And so you see Luke's careful account here. Right. All right. He appeared to him. He says, uh, standing over the right incense altar. Verse 12, Zachariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, do not be afraid, Zachariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or alcoholic drink. Uh, He will be filled. Watch this. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his 
birth. My goodness. So the, so the angel tells Zachariah, your son, John, is going to be full of the Holy Spirit. Now, remember, we, we, we easing up to this teaching on being filled with the Holy Spirit because I got a little more. I got a little more studying and reading I got to do. But we're going to we, I'm going to get there. I promise you all um, uh, to, to, to where we to where we do this. And we're going to make sure that every single person uh, in impact is, is it understands the Holy Spirit, understands what it means to be baptized by the Holy Spirit and is baptized in the Holy Spirit. Um, uh, but anyway, he says he says and, and, and he will be what he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. Now, um, uh, uh, well, I'll, I'll get to that later. Uh, verse 16, and he will turn many Israelites to the Lord, their God. He will uh, be a man with the spirit. Uh, let me turn my page with the spirit and power of Elijah. Uh, he will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of fathers to their children, and he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Zechariah said to the angel, how can I be sure this will happen? I am, uh, uh, I, I'm an old man now, and my wife is also well along in, in, um, in years. Isn't it interesting, and we shouldn't count it um, almost to a fault against us, that sometimes when God reveals to you what he's going to do through you, it is hard to believe, and it is hard to accept, and it is hard to think, well, God's going to do that through me, or, or you know, how in the world is this going to happen? I'm, I'm not good enough, or I don't have enough, or I don't have the resources, or I'm not smart enough, or I'm not this. We can come up with a whole list of why something shouldn't happen, and, and, and the reason I'm saying this is because sometimes we do that and then we start to, you know, penalize ourselves or we start to think down on ourselves like, well, I don't have enough faith. Oh, I'm just who was that? Was that Winnie the Pooh, Winnie the Pooh with, the, with Eeyore? We, got, we had the whole Eeyore thing. Oh, well, I'm just, you know, and, and but I say that to say that it's natural. Even some of the Moses didn't believe God was going to use him like, but I stutter. He's like, well, they're not going to listen to me. Oh, well, I stutter. we got to send somebody with me. So we see all these great people who were used by God having doubts, too. And so and so and so just understand that even with your doubts and even with you struggling with belief, you can still do it, okay? You can do it struggling believing it, okay? You can walk forward with it even if something in the back of your mind is doubting it. You can do it and not be fully confident. You know what I mean? You can still go forward with it. And you can always, the same way Zachariah does, you can always continue the conversation with the Lord until your confidence is built up to the point where you do it. But I would, I, but I would, I would also uh, suggest go ahead and, just, and, 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 and follow and do it and obey. Uh, let's see. Don't forget the man, and maybe I'll teach this, but don't forget the man who... who um, Wanted his child healed, and um, and and uh, and he says, and Jesus asks him, "Do you believe?" And he says, "I believe. Help my unbelief." Um, how can he say the same thing? You know, we would say, "Oh, he don't have faith. Ah, oh, he's a hypocrite. Oh, he's a doubter." Yes, he was a doubter, and yes, he had disbelief. But he says, "Listen, I believe you, but I'm gonna need you to help the part of me that still does not that that is having problems believing this." And that is a real statement, and that's something that we should that 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 if we deal with that, we should we should feel fine with saying that. Yes, I believe this, but man, I have a hard time believing it. And, and it may sound contradictory. Um, and, and that's because it is because don't forget there are the two forces inside of us that are going back and forth. And so maybe I'll, maybe I should write that down too. I'm going to, um, uh, teach that, uh, as well. Verse 19, we're not going to get through chapter one uh, today. Verse 19. Then the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand, watch this. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news, right? But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. Um, now, some people say, you know, well, the Lord had him not speak because he didn't want him to, you know, say anything that would stop the move of God. 
Yeah, the Bible doesn't say that. Again, this is one thing um, uh, 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 Sister Hackley was over, over Ma's house was saying, you know, um, with her and, and, and Brother Hackley, you know, this is a beautiful thing about reading the Bible is we don't make to say anything it, is, it isn't saying. Like, I'm not going to try to interpret why that happened or anything like that. I'm just saying that that's what happened. That's what the, that's what the Bible says. OK, and so we're reading. So we're reading the read. Um, Verse 21, meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah to come out of the sanctuary, wondering why he was taking so long. When he finally came out, he couldn't speak to them. Then they realized from his gestures and his silence that he must have seen a vision in the sanctuary. When Zechariah's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. Soon afterwards, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. How kind the Lord is, she exclaimed. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. Uh, Verse 26. In the six months uh, of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to uh, Nazareth, a a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared uh, to her and said, greetings, favorite woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to drink. uh, I'm sorry, drink. Tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for for you have found favor with God. Here we go. Watch this. You will you will uh, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called. Watch watch this and will be called the son of the most high Uh, that, you know, I could see where where there may be a little bit of Greek mythological, you know, uh, uh, writing in there. You know, he will be he will be great. He'll be called what the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his uh, ancestors, David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel. But how can this happen? I. I'm a virgin. You see how detailed, like Luke said, here's a careful account of everything that happened. He's even going down uh, in with the conversation. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Uh, interesting here in the first chapter here, we hear two references to the Holy Spirit. Number one, that John will be John will will be filled with the Holy Spirit before he's even born. Right. And 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 and, he, and here's the and here's the angel saying the Holy Spirit will come upon you, Mary, and the power of the Most High uh, will overshadow you. Watch this. So, so, uh, it says, so the baby to be born will be what will be holy and he will be called the son of God. I can see, I can see that, that Greek writing there. Right. And he will be called the son of God. He said, what's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. Uh Oh, for with God, nothing for, uh, for nothing is impossible with God. We may have to do a whole sermon on that, that people watch this. People used to say she was barren. Ah, but now they can't say that no more. Right. So I'm not even, I'm not going to go there. I see her shake doing the church head shake. I'm not even, I'm not going to preach that. I'll do it later. Verse 38. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Uh, uh, then it says, verse 39, watch this. A few days later, Mary hurried to uh, the hill country of, uh, of Judea uh, to the town where Zechariah lives. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. Watch this. At the sound of Mary's greeting, right? So not even not even like Jesus's voice or an angel's voice, anything. But at the sound of Mary's greeting, when Mary spoke and Mary, what, greeted Elizabeth, what happened? John the Baptist, Elizabeth's child, leaped within her, and Elizabeth was what filled with the Holy Spirit. John, watch this. So when the so when the so when the angel says that John would be filled with the Holy Spirit before birth, the Holy Spirit's already in John right now as a baby. And when he hears Mary's voice, right, the mother of Jesus, the Holy the whole, John's already filled with the Holy Spirit. And so that him jumping that way was the reaction of the Holy Spirit in the baby, and so much so that when he reacted for the Holy Spirit, that. 
Elizabeth became full of the Holy Spirit. Okay. And so this is what we're talking about when we're talking about impact and understanding the Holy Spirit and what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit and ultimately becoming filled um, with the Holy Spirit. And so, and so we, and so when the angel, you know, said that this was going to happen, this is, this is it actually happening where there's confirmation that John is before even being born full of the Holy Spirit, right? Verse 42, Elizabeth gave a glad, a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do uh, what he said. Let's go to verse, uh, verse 46. So now Mary responded, and here's what's interesting too. I, I mean, I didn't really realize this, but one of the commentaries I was reading was talking about um, uh, you know, how, you know, through here and even with the birth of Jesus and stuff like that, how um, um, uh, Luke's, I don't want to say obsession, but like even his, his detailed documentation of songs of praise um, um, in the first part of the book. Uh, Mary responded, oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in my God, uh, my Savior. For he took uh, notice of this lowly servant girl, and from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to, uh, to to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and the haughty ones. He has brought down the prince, uh, princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled their hung, uh, the hungry with good things. He has sent rich, uh, the rich away empty, uh, with empty hands. Uh, he has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. He has made the, uh, this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months uh, and then went back to her home. Uh, let's, keep, let's keep going. Verse uh, 57. Uh, when it was time for Elizabeth, and by the way, um, again, Luke, very detailed account. Um, you're going to notice that some of these chapters, some of these chapters do go into the 50s and into the 60s. OK, um, uh, like this first one goes all the way up to 80 uh, verses. Here we go. Uh, uh, verse 57. When it was time for Elizabeth's baby to be born, she gave birth to a son. And when her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had been very merciful to her, everyone rejoiced. Now, remember, because she she she's up there in age. Uh, when the baby was eight days old, they uh, they all came for circum, uh, for the circumcision ceremony. They wanted to name him Zachariah after his father. But Elizabeth said, no, his name is John. John. So now, he, so now she she has the plan. She has the blueprint. Zachariah has the plan. He has the blueprint. Nobody else does, and they're trying to tell her what to do with the thing that God blessed them with. Okay, uh, there's a sermon in that too. Um, can't uh, can't if you if he gave you the plan, you can't listen to what everybody else has to tell you. What they exclaimed, there is no way, and there is no one in all your family by that name. Ah, that's a good, that's a good thing. Um, um, you know, we talk about, uh, changing and shifting dynamics in family and breaking generational curses. That's right. That there are things that Sister Karen and, and Sister Tanya and, 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 and Yenis, where you know, there's no one in your family that's able to do what you're able to do or have been gifted the way that you've been able to be gifted. And then that goes the next generation and the next generation. And, and so they say, there's nobody in your family with that name. It's like, of course not. But the angel came and there's something new that is happening in this, in, in, in this family. And something new that's happening in this line, and so we're not we're not referencing or calling him anything that represents the past of what we were. Uh, even watch this. Even if the past was good, there's something totally new happening, and so we're going to name him John. Anyway, he says, but Elizabeth said, "No, his name is John." Uh, what they exclaimed: "There is no one in all your family by that name." 
Um, uh, I apologize for talking so fast, y'all. Verse 62. Uh, so they used gestures to ask the baby's father uh, what uh, he wanted to name him. He motioned for a writing tablet, because remember, he still can't talk. Uh, and to everyone's surprise, he wrote, his name is John. Instantly, Zechariah could speak again, and he began praising God. Uh, all fell upon the whole neighborhood, and the news of what had happened spread throughout uh, the G- Judean hills. Everyone who heard about it reflected on these events and asked, What will this child turn out to be? For the hand of the Lord was surely upon him in a special way. Uh, verse 67. Then his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and gave this prophecy. Now, here we go. We see someone else, what? Filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, verse 68, praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and redeemed his people. He has sent us a mighty savior from the royal line of his servant, David, just as promised through his holy prophets long ago. Now we will be saved from our enemies and from all who hate us. He has uh, been merciful to our ancestors by remembering his sacred covenant uh, the covenant. He swore with an oath to oath to our ancestor, Abraham. Uh, we have been rescued from our enemies so we can serve God without fear in holiness and righteousness for as long as we live. And you, my little son, will be called the prophet of the Most High because you will prepare the way for the Lord. You will tell his people how to find salvation through forgiveness of their sins. Don't forget that this is all the stuff that the angel had told him, right? Uh, because, of the, uh, because, of the Lord, because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those. Watch this. Uh, to give, and I love this because it reminds me of how John would write, right? To give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. I like, I, we, this, that's the scripture we need to read at Christmas time. You know, we read the other stuff. This is the one, what? To give light to those who sit in darkness. And that was all of us at one point, right? Sitting in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. Verse 80. Uh, John grew up and became strong in spirit, and he lived in the wilderness until he began his public ministry uh, to Israel. So what we'll do is we'll stop there, uh, and we'll pick up next week with chapter 2, which brings us to the birth of Jesus and all the Christmas scriptures and the Charlie Brown scriptures that they use in, in the Christmas special. Um, and and, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll get through, uh, without having to do a lot of the setup, we'll probably be able to get through two chapters uh, there. But feel free to read ahead. In chapter three, there's this long thing about, you know, um, lineage, but we'll, we'll still read it. We're not going to skip over it because the commitment is verse by verse, even though I'm tempted to skip it. Uh, but no, we won't. Let's pray. 